I was just thinking about everything that the Lord has, different ones of us going through. Everybody's in a different situation, looking to him for answers, for guidance, for his presence in the situations that he brings our way. And um, I was going to just ask us to, um, I don't like the word recite, but um, say the... the um, 23rd Psalm, because he really is our shepherd, and he really does have green pastures for us, and the best, and in situations that don't look too good, he's there. Okay. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Let's gather.
That was refreshing. Of course, always helps when we hear the trumpet like that. Nice having Tom Miller and Barry here. Lewis gets on there too. It's what a blessing. Um, Barb read the 23rd Psalm and there was a line in there I, I have been thinking about, so I thought well, I would kind of keep going. And that had to do with, um, you know, the Lord prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. And it's like we serve a God that is in, that is into preparation, and He's a planner. I mean, how ma- how many uh, sessions? I remember when Brother Buddy came teaching about the plan of God. Like, oh, time out, too much too much information. I mean, it was so thorough. But that really is the heart of God. Um, he's He's a planner. And I think the closer we we get to the Spirit of God, um, that same thing will touch our hearts as well. Um, I don't know about you, but um, I hate finding myself in the middle of something where, you know, I realize, uh-oh, uh-oh. I just, a little more forethought, a little delay maybe, a little bit more planning and preparation, and the outcome would have been different. That's where there are a lot of things that we deal with that is not it's, it's not in our power to deal with. And it's most liberating um, as sons when we learn what is in our power, what we can change, um, what the Spirit is resonant in our hearts is able to do, and, and what we can't. And what we can't we have to let go of. But preparation is, I mean, um, one guy comes to mind, which used to be an enemy, but now that's Tom Brady. You've probably never heard of him. But um, I'd have to say he probably was, is and perhaps will be, if not the greatest, definitely up there of all time quarterback. But the guy was maniacal, right? I'm sorry to admit that. Probably his coach was too, which had something to do with them winning. But he just was maniacal. Anybody that's good at their game, doesn't matter what it is, um, you you have to sow to it. You have to give yourself. You have to you have to really saturate yourself and look for, for any way to gain an advantage over your opponent. And we as we'll see here coming up. We we serve in a we serve a God that's in the preparation, but our adversary is also. Okay. And I, some of this uh, thought, it, it was spurred and came. Um, just when, when, for those that may not realize, we had uh, the, the Latours here just to help us planning uh, financially for the future for each one of us. And the way we live, um, 
it doesn't always lend itself to that. Um, but there's been, there was a burden here in our hearts to really put some things in motion. It's been there for quite a quite a few years, um, and I really am appreciative, in particular, of Josiah. He he kind of kept yeah. kept instigating it and bringing it back around. We're talking really years. I remember years, Sister Betty, talking about it's like because of the way we live here, just Social Security and things that the government has. So some of us really weren't even eligible because we don't have a you know a job like that. But anyway, with that, we understand that we serve a God that that has it all anyway. But we need to we need to be wise. And so I was very appreciative of them coming um, and really helping us through that time and just kind of getting some things in motion that are more, um, I guess, along the lines and in keeping with our core values. How, in terms of shared, uh, shared, the life of Christ shared together. In terms of in this context, but anyway, um, and it certainly seemed like it, it confirmed um, a burden of the Holy Spirit that is always working, ever present, to really equip His people and prepare us for what may lie ahead, so that we 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 never find ourselves in the minus minus pool. I mean, really, we, we, we shouldn't. I don't mean, I mean, you, you look at Jesus, he, he intentionally made himself lower. That's the plan for us. But um, even to be able to do that, right? Even to be able to humble yourself, it, it just, does it come natural? Do you default to humility in a situation? Or do you want to rise up? So e even... Even to, to take the lowest road, as, as Jesus did, it takes extreme planning. Literally, or you and I were, are liable to say something that we, re, we would regret later, right? In the heat of the moment. If you're not equipped, something comes up, right? You're going to just fly off with something. However, if you really, and I really take the time and, and really cultivating a life of subjection to the Spirit and a life of preparation, I, I at least I will hear the Spirit checking me. Isn't that a great advantage? Yeah. Talking about being advantaged. It's the Spirit of the Lord, not, not just for wealth. Um, now, I will say this. Before I get started, that tonight's word is is sponsored by Berkshire Hathaway. Now, he, he it's Warren Buffett. Now I say that in this um, talking about being advantaged. He he obviously I don't know what he's right up there. If maybe he's third now. You know, Mr. Amazon and some of those guys are in. in um, what's what's the car guy? He's he's probably first. But anyway, um, months back I listened to a a, 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 a a discussion he was having with kids right with graduates, and it, and it really caught my attention because I thought you know it's like what made him who he is. Now he he came out with some you know some gifting obviously. You can't fight gifting. There are those in our midst that are just they're just gifted in certain things, and you. You can try and you can prepare and you can study and, and you just 
if you're looking to compete and gain advantage with the gift, you, it's just it's just the, way, the ways of God. You know, be content with with where He's using you and the gifts you have. But um, I was really struck with. Uh, to, I mean, he really had a low profile in this study. I just read a, a few things because it, it he he really was encouraging the, the graduates to take every advantage to to put yourself in a position to be ahead, not 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 to be you know not like not to be on top, but just to be on the best of your ability. He says, um, and I'm I I'll try to just read most of this. Um, to be at the full potential of your life, to work in a way, to, and have a work ethic that puts you ahead. And he said, what, what holds you back? And these are college grads, I believe. He says, education. He said, possibly, like what's talking about what may limit you and I from really possessing the fullness of what we, is our potential. You know, aren't, aren't, aren't you glad whenever you see somebody around you, all of a sudden it's like, I'm thinking like some of our younger people and they just, all of a sudden they just, something clicks and they excel in an area and it's like all of a sudden they found a different gear and they are flourishing in a way. You probably see that, Tim, regularly. Like you work with somebody and all of a sudden something connects and, and, and it's, they just begin to, to function at a higher capacity because they, they've been giving themselves, they've been listening to instruction. From Tim, they've been trying to, they've been secretly taking notes. They may go home and and watch uh, YouTube about how to operate a piece of equipment, right? I mean, there's, right, it's just practical things we can do to gain advantage, right, in in the right sense of the word, okay? I'm not talking about gaining an advantage so that you 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 be something with your life, I mean, or you can you can lord it over somebody. That's not my point here. But anyway, he says. Education, uh, energy. He talked about integrity. He said of the three, he says moving in a, with integrity in your life is of the most importance, most significant way to 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 realize your full capacity. He's, and he emphasized habits. And and he said he talked about just cultivating good habits. Right. We're just talking about. Um, conducting your life in a way that really is honoring the, the spirit and the intention and the purpose of God, fulfilling your calling, make make it everything you and I can do to to make that sure, to possess my vessel in sanctification and honor to the fullest, right? But he says habits, and he taught practically speaking. He says um, one of the worst habits. Since he was talking, he masters in finances is credit card debt. He said, like, well, that's, you know, you you get in a bad habit like that, and it's very hard." He said, "Just talk about," and he really expounded on it. Just how hard it is coming from behind, always to be to to be feeling like you're coming from behind. And why? What's why? Why do we have to live a life where we feel like we're kind of be coming from behind when when there's so much available to us? Uh, in Christ, and then he talked about the differences. He said, "Look, you know, between me and he, to these kids, he says, we both eat at Burger King, right? One of the richest, richest men in the world eats at Burger King, but if, just like you, just like the simple and the humble folk." 
He says, we both drive the same kind of car. I forget what year his car was. He says, we own the same kind of home. He said he's lived in his same home for 40 years. It's like, like he, 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 he didn't need bigger and better, though he could afford whatever. He could have bought the whole town, right? That's the kind of, you know, that's the difference. And he said something also, he says, don't trade something you, you love or love doing for wealth. Like he just, he liked his house. Money wasn't going to make him do something that he, you know, against what he really valued, you know, in that sense. And he, and he ended, he said, if you, if you look like in life to a hundred yard race, he said, if you could position yourself 15 yards ahead at the beginning, if you just, if you can get ahead at the beginning like that, just from the starting point, that would determine the outcome of the race. And, uh, you know, I was thankful um, in my upbringing it, it took a while to catch on, but like my my parents encouraged. We had these uh, books where we put what are they like coin books and you put money in them and stuff. And I, I can remember how hard it was. We lived right next to a feed store and they had all the like candy and bubble gum and like mm. for every dime I put in, I would go back and take one out. It took it took a while just to grow the savings, but it 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 really did catch on. And I'm only saying, like, and I'm, uh, I have not arrived yet. But I remember my, um, I worked a lot during, through high school um, in the summers, uh, paying jobs, and then that was, uh, and then through in my, my um, two summers in a row, I worked pretty extensively and saved enough money going into my senior year where I could, I, I, I bought a new, was able to buy a new car. Interesting, the guy that financed that, the banker, was my, you may have heard this, was my future father-in-law. So, it helped when I came to asking for his daughter in marriage. But I remember, um, you know, I had enough money saved up, and I'm not, I, I'm just making a point, what you can do. I mean, I just, I am encouraging, because I'm encouraging us to be prudent. I'm I look back here. Uh, I feel privileged to work with uh, Brother Abel, and I, I can I, I can tell his upbringing is different than many of ours in terms of having to make do. Like he, and it almost can be nerve wracking at times. It's like we have better tools. He just he saves things. He will. He just is very frugal. It's like I I, I would much rather have that. You know, you learn to make do. You just know he has a value. Uh, you know for for working and work ethic that, that I have personally benefited from. But anyway, I remember um, my senior year, like uh, there were three of us in, in school that had new cars. And of course, I was proud because mine was the only one that I paid for myself. Now, I have to say this because one, one was my wife. And she had. <laughs> but in all honesty and in all fairness, um, she 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 really is more frugal than I am. I mean, it's, I have to say that. Like as much I'm not boasting about what I did. I married someone who who who, um, who really turned out to be very very prudent. And I think there there's room in the natural for prudence in our midst, for saving, for conserving. You you look at these times that we're in now. The the 
I mean, I guess every generation feels like this is that we're really in uncertain times, but we really are in many ways in unprecedented times. I mean, there's a war still happening that you don't hear much about, but it's it really is one of the grain the grain belt of the of the world in a way, and just you look at the effects of fertilizers and all kinds of things that's happening that with just uncertain times, and and we just need to be aware of those times and think and think ahead. I enjoy richly the the upgrades that we have, but but with that, you know. I want to say, like, just be, be cautious. Like, you know, if, if we have to cut back in an area, would you be okay with that? If your family has to cut back in an area, if you, you know, like, I really appreciate anybody that will cut back and save and conserve to buy. There's so much reason we're in trouble right now is because just there's so much free money just handed out, free money, and now it's come back to roost. So anyway, with that, I just say this, um, the, the, and I really believe that, that we are most advantaged by the Holy Spirit at work within us. Every time we we yield, every time we offer, I believe we as a people become the most advantaged in any situation. Because why? Because we're given place. We're not taking our own direction. We're not relying on our own resources, our own reasonings. And we're making room for the Spirit of God to, to move through us. There is no greater advantage. And I'm, my point is to not to go out of here with some kind of work ethic or try to beat yourself down to be better, better, better. No, it's, it, we, we had the greatest advantage right within us on the inside. And when that's at work, I believe the life that we live, we really reflect that in a way. And we'll be prudent. And we'll be wise. And we'll understand the times. Right right now, more than ever, there is a need to understand the times, folks. Um, I, I've been reading this one. It's in Psalm, it's in Isaiah 30, about the Lord being gracious he longs to be gracious to you, therefore he rises to show you compassion. For the Lord is a just God. Blessed are all who wait for him. And I I can't say, I mean, I wish there was a strength of, of impartation here more than what you're getting, perhaps. But I do feel the burden and the need for us as a people to, to set aside time to really wait before the Lord. So that we, we get acquainted with what he's doing and what he... With, with, with what he's really doing in the situation, or what he's, because when you don't understand something, you you and I are apt either to end up in frustration or resentment. Somebody's got to pay for. He's it. like it's just because we don't understand, and I, I and there are things in our midst here that they don't make sense. I wouldn't put this on somebody. You know, just different things. You you know situations that, that we have been praying for. And it's like there is a need to know how to frame those situations that I believe can come with a life that's really waiting and set aside some time to wait. I know there's been times when I've gotten into something and it just like all of a sudden it's imploded and you and it's like you have the feeling, you know, would I have been better 
able to handle this situation had I waited in an area or just been more in tune with this, the Spirit of God to know what what was coming, not like in detail, but just in generally there's, he, can, he can tip us off if we're in those waiting mode. Here it says, uh, in, we, in, uh, this is read frequently, but I'll read it again. Second Chronicles 12, this is uh, the tribes that came to da- David in Ziklag, he says, um, and they were also among the mighty men, helpers of war, and of the children of Issachar, which were men that had understanding of the times. If, if ever there is a need for those among us, every man, woman, and children, to have an understanding of the times. I mean, just in, in the world, we're in the world but not of us, but the world affects us, but, but more significantly with the workings of God in and what God is really doing so that we, we're in agreement and we're not working against something that God would want to do. To know what Israel ought to do, the heads of them were 200, and all their brethren were at their commandment. I bet they were. You get someone that knows what God is doing. Sometimes I don't always like what I hear, but but if I have a witness that someone has given me truth from the throne, like it's, it's, it's money in the bank, isn't it? And anytime someone's spoken a word to you and you know that they just they're not just flipping something out. Yeah. It's like from it's come from the throne, from the heart of God. It's you 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 can live on that folks. You you can it'll take you. Anyway. Amos three says, Surely the Lord will do nothing, but he revealeth his secret unto his servants, the prophets. As much of a planner as God is, there are some things that are shut tight, and they're there. I can't know them now. Uh, then shall we know what if if we follow on? There are some things that you and I will know down the road if we're willing to stay the course and follow on. It says, but it is written. This is in First Corinthians. I have not seen, nor ear heard nor hath entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love them. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. It's talking about what's resonant within us that goes to work to search out the deeper things of God. Because we can live our life and just always in react mode because we really haven't prepared our hearts or are ready. Right? You, you always, and I'm always re- having to react to something rather than really uh, looking beyond what's on the surface. It's like we need, we, we, we need that tribe of Issachar in our midst here that, that understands the times that, that will that will look beyond face value, that will at least pause. Sometimes I feel things and it's like, you know, you hear something and it just doesn't, like it doesn't resonate, it doesn't, I can't put my finger on it. And before, you know, it's like, sometimes all, the, all I can do is just, if, it's a win if I just hold my peace and not debate back or not, you know, until I really feel like 
I get some clarity on something. Something was bothering me the other day in a situation, and I it's like it's like I was really wrestling. Do I do I should I say something? At least bring it to somebody's attention. Like, do you see this? You know what appears to me very black. You know, so I really what I did in that situation. I I asked somebody else like, hey. You think this is worth saying something? You know what I got back? It's really what I felt also. That probably not. Like, wow. Things are changing. There was a time when it was never probably not. You just go in. And you can go in ill-equipped and make a mess of yourself confronting somebody. You know, what's, the, what's confrontation, really? The act of bringing two people into the presence of one another for the examination. And, and it's not to lower down on somebody, let them have it, but it's for the examination and discovery of new truth. That's why we talk and we speak often to one another. So more and more, I'm finding myself, if it's, especially if it's not something that builds, or, or especially I want to make sure there's clearance from the Spirit if, if there's a criticism involved, even if I think it's really what somebody needs. As we said this before, sometimes if, if God hasn't prepared their heart, you, you, can, you can go to them with whatever and it just like shields up. So it takes discernment. It takes really knowing the work of the Spirit, knowing the time. Sometimes it's just timing. You, you just wait. I'm just talking about really a place of preparation and waiting before the Lord so that we really understand what he's doing and we can work with him and, and, and really gain significant advantage that way. And we were talking before the service. There was a time when uh, Brother John and Kurt, when they, in the days of, when he was at Eagles Ridge, they had a lot of grain equipment. And they really had, and they were making how many, 400 acres of, of grain, you said, roughly? And um, they offered that to us. And perhaps wisely, but it caught my attention, you know, when he reminded us that we, we really decline. I mean, we some, there are some things we, if you can't make good on it, even as good as an offer is, you, you better wait. But, you know, it's like, yeah, wow, you know, that, that looks pretty good now. We could be heading for times when it's just money can't buy needed supplies. All the money in the world can't provide, possibly. I'm not meaning to spread anything fear here. But anyway, it really is the, the nature of God to, to prepare. He does not fly by the seat of his pants, even as, as we read at the beginning here. Even if it's just a table that's prepared for me. Thank God that he has enough forethought that if he's going to put you in the presence of your enemies, to what? To prepare a table for you. There's a provision there. I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't, miss, doesn't miss a thing. Right? I love it. Um, Jesus said, right, if I go, I will prepare a place. You know, when you think of it, I don't remember where I read this or heard it, but, but few things happen by chance or luck. Some, I don't use the word luck. And good luck. You know, some, maybe there's a place for it, but I like this, right? 
Luck is where preparation meets opportunity. That can be luck. I got some good luck coming. Well, maybe there was something that you really invested and you sowed to, right? But but I mentioned this before. As much of a prepper, a preparer, God is the enemy also. You know, he's he's into that business too. And it says um, in Psalm 32. I remember I read part of this, or I had spoken this several years back. But it says. Um, they that seek my life, this is Psalm 32, they that seek after my life, they lay snares for me. And you know, if you think about snares, if you really, we could have Brother Ben Greenleaf get up and some others here expound on how, how you really lay a good snare. You, you, you probably lay the snare to catch an animal on the familiar path. That that and you watch, right? And it's the same path, really. You think of it that the enemy uses for for food, to get water, to seek shelter. You know, it's the same path that that the snare is laid there. It's in the routine, perhaps at, at times, where the enemy, when we are just drop our guard a little bit in an area that that the enemy has a snare there, right? You, you can apply that, however, and if it doesn't mean it, just put it on the shelf. But, but I think that's an area where the enemy works. One, one, of, one, of, the, one of the snares, I think, that's current with us, what, what's come down, the principality, is uh, there in Second Peter, where it talks about the scoffers, to be aware, you know, saying, where is the promise of his coming, huh? You know, this is... How many years have you guys been out here doing this and doing that? And like, what, what's there been gained by it? You know, whatever. And, he's, and it says, um, For since our fathers fell asleep, right, all things continue. It's like, all things remain the same since creation. That's a snare. Mm-hmm. If we can get duped into thinking that just uh, every, the status quo is going to stay the same. Everything's going to remain, wherever it is. It's, going to, it's not going to change. Every comfortable life, everything we have, all this secure, whatever. And I know there's obviously, if you study the history between Ukraine and Russia, it's been long standing, right? But I, I guarantee you, life in Ukraine has been turned upside down. I remember right in the heat of the war, we had a guy over here who's who's uh, worked in the wood shop with us, I forget his name, Jim, James, Jim? And his, his mom was in Ukraine. She's Ukrainian, his dad is, was a Russian, but they were still there. It's like, you know, like every other day, I kind of, can you get it? What have you heard? Like boots on the ground. It's like, wow, that just, that, that puts a perspective. When all of a sudden there's something comes up in your life and it's like, it's just turned upside down. And, and it's, if and when that happens, it's never too late. You don't just cave, cave in and concede. You, you get busy and you find out. It's like you, right? What do you do when some, all of a sudden you, you find out you, something's going on? It's, it's like you, you can either let it overwhelm you and be a crisis or you can go to work and just educate yourself. Sometimes just understanding something. It's what you don't understand because we haven't 
uh, been diligent, maybe, to read about something that we don't have, that we really lack, and the enemy can just hammer us because we really don't know about something, or we, and it just lends itself to fear. Sometimes the, the way to to evade fear is just really, I mean, just hit it head on. You know, so that whatever you can do to to improve the situation, you can do it. Anyway, um, that's a sub point. But you know, one of the, uh, you know, I'll make this quick. But I think, you know, one of the one of the greatest happenings in our history was was back in 1941, when when Pearl Harbor was bombed. Right, that was a total surprise to us. Total. It wasn't to the Japanese. They they had been preparing for that uh, attack for 10 years in advance. 10 years. 10 years every uh, in, from 1931 on, every um, naval cadet, every one of them in their graduating class was asked the same question. What would you do to, to, to surpri- have a surprise attack on Pearl Harbor? I mean, it's just what they did is what they thought. And would you say that was pretty successful when they finally pulled it off? They had really, they had done their homework, sadly, to our, to our hurt, right? All eight of our battleships were damaged, four were sunk, hundreds of aircraft destroyed, several thousand soldiers lost their lives, that much more were wounded, right? You know what the Japanese, their losses were? 29 aircraft, 65 servicemen were killed. You know, that was... That was quite a surprise. You know, what they said, after, after careful consideration, you remember me reading this before, they concluded that it could only succeed if they used the best aircraft carriers and the most highly skilled air crews, and they would attack what have to take place by total surprise and lastly take place on a Sunday morning. On a Sunday morning, when the American defense preparedness is at its lowest, isn't it sad sometimes when the, you know the enemy? I'm not, you know. There's one who rules over the enemy. It's just, it's just wise up, right? Let's let's make sure if we got any blind sides, you know, that that that, that we're talking to God about it, that we really are coming into this as a as a prepared people, I mean, I really, I love. Who doesn't love the summers? But it, you know, and and you know what? We are deserving of. I'll use the word "kick out" or whatever. Nobody is against it, but but with that, don't you know? Let's 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 safeguard. I say stay on the cutting edge, but Bill would probably say, get on the cutting edge first. You know. Right. I think one of the um, well, I think one of the most sure ways to prepare ourselves is really to to follow the course that God has and not to avoid conflict. I don't. I, once again, there's no there's no playbook. I can, I don't. I really don't know how to 
best prepare myself. What I think and what God thinks sometimes are two different things, other than if I just follow the course and give myself to the things before me, I think that's in and of itself is a tremendous source of preparation. Um, you know, the ten virgins, right? Talk about surprise. Five. They, they, a lot of similarities there, right? A lot of similarities there. Um, they all were called, all ten of them were called to go meet the bridegroom. They all went out. They all took their lamps, every one of them. The wise virgins as well, they all fell asleep. Except when the time came, five had oil. Five didn't. What have we said the oil is frequently? It's, it's, it's the, the anointing oil, and it's also, I remember when Brother Buddy brought this line up out of Psalm 141. Talk about something that will prepare us and give us oil. It says, let the righteous smite me. It's, it shall be an excellent oil. Let him reprove me. Right? Let the righteous smite me. Let him reprove me. It shall be an excellent oil. It's the oil of reproof. That's what five virgins had that five didn't have. Anyway, uh, Proverbs 6 says, Go to the ant, thou sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise, which having no guide... Overseer or ruler provideth her meat in the summer and gathereth her food in the harvest. How long wilt thou sleep, O sluggard? When wilt thou rise out of thy sleep? Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of thy hands, so shall thy poverty come as one that travaileth, and thy want as an armed man. So, uh, Proverbs 30 says, There be four things which are little upon the earth. But they are exceedingly wise. And one of them is the ants. They are not a strong people. They are not a strong people. Yet they prepare their meat in the summer. Exceedingly wise, it says. They are exceedingly wise. They don't wait. Sometimes when it comes to preparation... You can't always wait for a convenient season. Sometimes the thing you and I need to do that really will equip me the most is at what appears to be an inopportune time or at a time that doesn't seem like there's no point in this. It's just I'm going through the motions. I see no, I see no gain. I see no reason. There's no encouragement. Nothing. And as we dig deep, submit our hearts to the Spirit of God, stay the course, it lends itself to being equipped to better handle situations. That's the major goal I have. I mean, there was, a, there was a time, personally, when I, it's like, for whatever reason, I, uh, priorities, I had priorities on other things in our community here, I guess, maybe. And things would weigh on me, and just you know, and I and it, and it took, I don't know, I don't know what it was, but I just know, I just know, things have changed in my life, and I'm 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 really wanting, to to not let things weigh on me, 
the way they used to. Because I couldn't do anything about it. It just would it just would keep me up at night. You know how things that you just can't control. It's like you just they're not working out the way you think. They just We have to find a, a different gear in those situations. We have to find a different way of relating. A different a different mode of operation that is available to us, I believe, in matters that really, um, you know, matter. And I just, I, I know in particular now, I have a, we have a particular burden for the, Steve and Andrew and Jeff. Um, Seth, is, we're glad this is last week there, but, you know, they're, they're working things out that Delta Power Sports. And we believe the Lord's with us in it, but it's like those are... Those are those are weighty matters that we really need. You know, we can't fret about things. We need really to uh, to trust and, and really rely on God to move. You know, we're looking at, at just our boating situation. You know, just like, and we heard a warning a couple weeks back about just you know, let's not let's not drop our guard in the river. You know, when we're boating, it's a long. It's it's like. One thing to boat, but now we're it's twice as far. Okay, God, you know that. You know, just these things are are there to 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 school us and to to uh, to discipline us. Anyway, preparation is time sensitive. It's not something that that you can put off when there's something before you that God is wanting you to to look at. All right. And lastly, in Proverbs 31, right? How can I not conclude with this? This is one of my favorite lines, and I'll read it out of the out of the New American Standard at the end. It says, "It's the virtuous woman. She is like merchants' ships. She bringeth her food from afar. She riseth also while it is yet night." I don't know the last. I don't know how long this has been going on, but like, I get awake at 4.30 in the morning, and it's like, that's it. You know, just after a while, just most mornings. I can't explain it, I don't know why. Like, I sure wish I was able to get to bed earlier at night. That might be helpful, but I'm understanding rising early. And I, it's like, what time do you get up, Brother John? Oh, he, he, he sleeps in till 5. Just remember my dad, you know, first time my dad came, you know, South End was just a basement with a facade over the roof. And he's up, you know, long before breakfast. I was wondering, my dad going to come to breakfast? Well, he was already walked the whole homestead up early. You know, it's like, there's something about getting ahead. Yes. Yes. Oh, my word. The FCC gave him a call sign. KL5 AM. Good. I'm told as you age, you get up earlier. But anyway, here's the virtuous woman. You like that, Kurt? Caught Kurt laughing. The virtuous woman. She gets up while it is yet night. I don't know how you do that this time of year. And giveth meat 
to her household, and a portion to her maidens. Strength and honor are her clothing, are her covering. I say she's she's well prepared. And she shall rejoice in time to come. That's a lofty goal from this vessel. The New American Standard says she smiles at the future. I want to leave you with that. Because that really is the heart of what I want to convey. That as we give ourselves to the working of God and the things that he puts in our path that really will equip us best and prepare us. When we look forward, in the natural, there may be no reason for joy. It's like when you don't have anything to look forward to, it can be painful. And, you know, but here, this vessel, it's in here for a reason. Because of, of, of her standards and the way she gave herself to the, to the Lord, she was able to smile at the future. And I don't mean that's like a, just a casual, ignorant smile, a dumb smile. I think she, you know, it would be a smile that knows full well perhaps what's ahead. And yet there's a trust that he's got it wired, no reason to fear. I look forward, whatever the outcome. Paul, what did Paul say? Chains and bonds await me. But what? None of these things move me. What do you got ahead of you that's moving you tonight? That's where you want to hold it before God. Lord, it's too much for me. I don't look forward to that. I remember how much I look forward to um, my graduating <laughs> my senior year it's like I was so dumb I thought man I'm all finished with tests and with, yeah, let's say it was a synthetic happiness that was short lived but we need to be a people that really are in tune with what God's doing so we're we're not taken by surprise the element of surprise and we're okay when things come up we're okay. We can smile on the future.